uh, eating more foods with a bigger, better omega-3, omega-6 fatty acid profile or ratio uh, is frequently uh, associated with kind of heart health and overall health. So um, when the omega-6 is a lot higher, usually we see some issues with health, usually. So um, that's, we want to kind of give that bridge into the pescatarian diet because with the pescatarian diet, usually the ratio of omega-6 to omega-3s tend to be better because you're eating a lot more fish, which contains omega-3s, fatty acids. And I'm not going to lie. Well, I think when, you know, I've, I've done everything from vegan to vegetarian to pescatarian to where I am now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and pescatarian was kind of my favorite. Right. You're listening to the Addicted to Fitness podcast, brought to you by Elemental Training Tampa. Now, here's your host. Nick and Shannon Burke. Thanks for stopping by and checking out this old school episode of the Addicted to Fitness podcast. We're going to jump into the ATF DeLorean and take you back in time. But before we do that, uh, I want to share uh, our gratitude with you guys for uh, doing what you're doing. Keep uh, sharing this podcast and giving us those rating reviews. We can tell that you guys are doing so. Um, and we're very appreciative of that because our download numbers are going up each week. So keep doing that. Like I said, all you got to do is get the link, send it to a friend, and boom, you've done your part. Also, a little rating and review in the iTunes and Apple Podcast never hurts. All right. So please enjoy this old school episode of the Addicted to Fitness Podcast. Thanks for stopping by and checking out another edition of the Addicted to Fitness Podcast. Appreciate you guys listening each week. Uh, We've got a nice, uh, maybe a fishy subject to talk to you about and i don't <laughs> mean fishy in the yeah not in the questionable or <laughs> sneaky type of topic but actual the literal sense of fishy we're going to talk about fish specifically the pescatarian diet so Ooh. we're going to talk about that and uh, some of the pros and cons with that and actually a news uh, recent news story that came up about that type of diet and some of its benefits uh, but before we jump into that, uh, we want to ask you guys, uh, if you haven't done so already, give us a rating and review either in iTunes or Apple Podcasts or even on the Addicted to Fitness Podcast Facebook page. Let us know what you think of the podcast and what we need to do to make this podcast better. Your guys' reviews help us reach a broader audience, believe it or not. So keep them coming. All right. So training recaps. I know I think all of us have both – all of us – all of all two all, of us. All two of us. All two of us have Who been uh, in the room? somewhat slacky when it comes to training as of late, uh, just because I think uh, uh, we've got a, a vacation coming up, so we're kind of trying to gear up for that and make sure we are, you know, getting everything else taken care of. We got some other kind of life events that we're taking care of and stuff like that. So it's like uh, trying to find our time for. Fitness has been uh, somewhat we uh, somewhat limited as of late. If I I'm speaking for myself, I don't know if I could speak for you too. Um, well, I I kind of switch from week to week. Like I'll have a really good week where I'm able to do like my five days and it's great and everything goes wonderful. And then I have a week like last week that was just I was super low energy, like super super low. I mm-hmm. mean I was exhausted in the evenings but I had trouble going to sleep 
And then I was exhausted waking up and I couldn't get my butt out of bed in order mm -hmm. to do my like training since that's the only time I have. Right. So, and things at work are insanely crazy. So the chance to actually get out and like do a walk or something, which was another way I was kind of supplementing my movement goals is just not happened. And it's, it just makes me feel like, um, kind of bummed to yeah. be honest. Like one of my hips started hurting, yeah, which is that. it's one of those things <laughs> like after I had Ella, you know, totally new body and my hip, like it, sometimes it's my left hip, sometimes my right hip, but it's frequently my left hip. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it hurts so much when I, when I stand or when I sit. Right. And the only time I have any kind of relief is when I lay down. So there was like one evening this week where it hurt so bad. I was just like wrapped up in a heating pad. Yeah. So obviously I'm not going to do anything physical when that's happening. True. Yeah. You don't want to, uh, further injure yourself. So, yeah. Um, don't know what's causing it. So yeah. That, and, uh, super odd. And, um, uh, I think my training wasn't much better. Um, this was actually the first week I was off from title. So, a little bit of an update, you know, not just uh, I finished my title training. I don't know if you guys, we haven't talked about it too much lately, but I was doing some title boxing classes uh, a couple times during the week, and I ended up finishing up with that last week and uh, acquiring some private clients to kind of substitute for that. So no longer doing my title classes, which were kind of my uh, daily workout because you got to kind of uh, teach hands-on so you were actually demonstrating on the exercises and doing the exercises with your uh, your students. So that was kind of my daily exercise routine. Mm. And now that that's gone, it's got to be a little bit more diligent on my own about doing my exercises. Yeah. So uh, got, got a couple strength in there. Yeah, got a couple strength training things in this week. But um, also one thing I did get in back into was uh, getting some massage done this week, Ooh. which was super beneficial to me. Um, obviously, as it sounds like, so uh, I was pretty happy about that. Are you but <laughs> yes, I know you are. Uh, so I was pretty happy about that, and uh, definitely making me feel a little bit better, and make me hopefully uh, gear up for a good week of training this week, since it's a short week because we will be traveling at the end of the week. So Ooh. trying to gear up, do enough exercise, kind of uh, bank some of those uh, good workouts before we head out of town. So that's kind of my uh, my goal for this coming week is to turn up the exercise intensity a little bit, amp it up. Mm -hmm. Yep. Before we get on the plane, Bumper. kind of try to improve my all levels of fitness so we can uh, uh, kind of, I guess, uh, Teflon ourselves against the, <laughs> the, the trials and tribulations against your health that is traveling. Mm -hmm. So uh, as we mentioned before, another way to help us kind of Teflon ourselves is a good nutrition. And one of the nutrition that we uh, like to enjoy is seafood. You know, we've talked about the pescatarian diet on here. Talked about specifically as of late the Mediterranean diet. Mediterranean diet. <laughs> How do you um, say that again? Mediterranean. <laughs> the uh, subterranean diet. Oh God! It's <laughs> so gross. Uh, so uh, yes, we actually were talking about last year, earlier in the year, about how the uh, Mediterranean diet is the number one ranked. Um, diet from I think it was US News Today I believe it was one of those um, but it's been frequently listed as the top diet you know worldwide 
Uh, so, uh, and the big part of that is uh, seafood is a big component of that. And we're going to get into more of the pros and cons uh, w- with the pescatarian diet, but it's something that spawned this conversation was an article I found uh, in the Washington Post. It was actually, oh, excuse me. It was actually an article I found in the New York Times that talks about how omega-3s may ease asthma symptoms in children. So omega-3s, which which seafood is high in, um, they actually found – they did a little study that – uh, let me see. Let me go through it so you can see it. It was a study. Researchers studied 135 asthmatic children ages 5 to 12 living in Baltimore's inner city, which is somewhat weird because we're traveling to Baltimore next year, uh-huh. next year, next week, uh, near Baltimore, I should say, not actually Baltimore. But at the end of the study, and then again, three and six months, the children were assessed for diet, asthma symptoms, and the use of asthma medicines. At each assessment, blood samples were taken, yada, yada, yada. And they also detected air pollutants at the children's home. So the study that was done by the American Journal of Respiratory and Critical Care found that a higher that higher omega-6 intake was associated with increased asthma severity. Asthma. Asthma severity. Sounds more like severe, you're saying asthma. I'm saying asthma. <laughs> increased asthma severity. More severe effects of particular pollution on asthmatic symptoms and increased blood levels of neutrophils. How do we say that? Neutrophils. Neutrophils, a type of white blood cells associated with inflammation. So if you guys, we've talked about it before, omega-6 fatty acids are things that are high in inflammatory uh, vegetable oils like corn oil. Um, so they actually found out the opposite to be true with children that had a high omega-3 intake. They found that they had milder, milder symptomatic reactions to indoor pollution and lower blood levels of what did you say that? Neutrophils? Neutrophils. Neutrophils. Okay. So <laughs> this this obviously is one of those they had the the correlation between the fact that the diet had a real big effect on asthma symptoms. So we talked about inflammation. Uh, inflammation, yeah, yeah, exactly right. So <clears throat> people who eat high inflammatory foods are more likely to be subjected or more likely to have reactions to the at or have asthmatic symptoms due to their essentially higher levels of inflammation. Yeah, and the the omega threes they're not just found in fish; they're also found in walnuts. Mm-hmm. So kind of interesting. That's like so specific, but. I like some walnuts, Mm -hmm. and I like some fish. So this is all sounding good to me. And they said in this article that these are... uh these are just preliminary studies. Obviously, they need to have some more controlled trials. You know, do their their due due diligence, doing their uh, double blind placebo, and see if there are direct effect of omega threes on asthma and whatnot, and omega six. But obviously, this is kind of a stepping stone or uh, the starter to make you create the hypotheses that you know higher inflammatory foods or diets with higher inflammatory foods can cause more asthmatic symptoms which you know is somewhat i wouldn't say it sounds logical logical yeah i mean it sounds logical we got to see if maybe there's a direct how direct the correlation between the two actually are so but with that knowledge uh eating more foods with a bigger better omega-3 omega-6 fatty acid profile or ratio uh is 
frequently uh, associated with kind of heart health and overall health. So um, when the omega-6 is a lot higher, usually we see some issues with health, usually. So um, that's, we want to kind of give that bridge into the pescatarian diet because with the pescatarian diet, usually the ratio of omega-6 to omega-3s tend to be better because you're eating a lot more fish, which contains omega-3s, fatty acids. And I'm not going to lie. Well, I think when, you know, I've, I've done everything from vegan to vegetarian to pescatarian to where I am now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and pescatarian was kind of my favorite. Right. Like, I don't know. It just, it, it like resonated well with my body, I think, in a lot of different ways. But some of the, the kind of risks to a pescatarian diet there are there are specific things you have to watch right i mean it's it's similar to if you're only going to eat um you know red meat or if Mm -hmm. you're if you're eating um you know lots of chicken and things like that no matter what kind of food you eat um in this day and age there's there's risks to almost everything so you're looking like you know if you're a vegan you're looking for your organic vegetables and things so you don't get all the toxins. You right. know, if you're looking at meat, you're looking for farm-raised, organic-raised. And fish, well, I think we've all seen a lot about pollution in the oceans lately. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, well, and, and just talking about nutrients, too, like a nutrient density for all those different diets, too, trying to get your full spectrum of nutrients. Like we talked about vegan, tough to get your iron, your your full dose of iron and protein and once again the mega fatty acids that we talked about earlier mm-hmm. tough when you're a vegan obviously there are supplements um but then you switch it over to like something like the carnivore diet that people just eat meat you know it's hard to get uh, um even though some people like to contend that fiber is not a necessary nutrient um that's hard to get all the different flavonoids and uh, antioxidants that come within or contain within fruits and vegetables you're mm. essentially leaving those <clears throat> out when you're doing something like the carnivore diet so it's trying to find a good balance you know that we've always found and i think like you mentioned the pescatarian really gives the good balance because pescatarian diets tend to be you know primarily plant-based so you get a lot of your different variety of plants fruits and vegetables and also you know the other protein sources beans uh, quinoa some other things like that Mm -hmm. but then they have the protein source of fish and seafood so the kind of the benefits we already listed the mega fatty acids you know these have been uh big things that kind of have been attributed to uh helping heart health kind of reducing reducing the uh chances of heart disease uh reducing things like type 2 diabetes have been these have been i said Omega-3 fatty acid intake has been associated with things like reducing heart disease, reducing the the chance of type 2 diabetes, and then also other types of cancers or metabolic syndromes. Mm -hmm. So that, that... that is a big kind of benefit. One of the, I think, probably the most prevalent thing you hear about benefits about eating seafood. Yeah. But there's also a lot of nutrients in seafood that are kind of, I wouldn't say exclusive to seafood, but very high in seafood that a lot of other protein sources might not have vitamin d vitamin p uh, vitamin b12 and then things like uh, essential minerals 
that yeah. a lot of a lot of foods don't have calcium, iron. Um, you talk about shellfish; those are huge for things like copper, um, selenium. Um, those hard to get minerals that really aren't in a lot of other foods. Yeah. So those are that's why I, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. We've been eating a lot of fish and seafood as of late. There's a reason for yeah. that. Is that done on purpose yes. on your part? Yes. You guys listen. If you listen to our food prep episode, you know <laughs> Shannon does all the meal planning and everything like that. Um, so obviously so, ask my input. But when I look, I'm like, yep, yeah, that looks good. I'll so eat that. So when you start like that. feeling like there's a trend, there's usually a method to my madness. And... <laughs> Seriously? Oh, Jazz. <laughs> That's actually me making that sound. Yes. This is this is our podcast studio, folks. I'm not editing this out. <laughs> it's just going to be like, do-do-do-do, elevator music right through now. Yeah. Dear goodness, dog. This is the longest drink I've ever heard you take. Oh, my goodness. We're All not right. editing this out because uh, okay. we share we share this. <laughs> room yes. with the dog so uh why have there been more seafood in our daily meal plans or weekly meal plans i should say because i've actually found myself maybe it's because of the change in seasons maybe possibly it's become a lot more summer feeling here in mm-hmm. florida we actually had an am- amazing spring like we had fantastic amazing weather mm-hmm. all the way up till basically May, and I feel like only in May have we really started to have some hot days, like mm-hmm. hot spells. And maybe because of that, but I've just not been really feeling the whole meat. Like, I'm not a huge chicken fan. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've tr- been trying to go back to my pescatarian ways. Which is funny that we're talking about that this week mm-hmm. because this is for real. It's probably why you're like, oh, we're eating more fish. We should, mm. we should talk about this. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it, I just feel like when, when I was pregnant and even for a long time afterwards, a lot of seafood did not appeal to me at all. Like it was the opposite. The like, some of the seafood, like salmon, made me super nauseous. Shrimp, I remember that. Shrimp, I could not even be in the house if you cooked shrimp. Yeah. And never mind eating it. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it took me, it took me, yeah, it took me a year and a half to basically get back to a point where I could eat seafood. And now, maybe because I I went without it for so long, or, or the season, I don't know. Yeah. I just, we also have a fish market around the corner yes. from us now, which... Having <laughs> access to fresh quality seafood options is definitely a major like change. Yeah, yeah, and I mean we get our weekly dose of of fish dips, most smoked fish dip, which is oh, it's so good, very delicious. Oh and, my gosh! Uh, we've always, you know, we bought we bought shrimp from them last year. Well, last year, last week, and I bought some of the raw oysters there. Everything is really tasty. They even have like some smoke salmon jerky that I've tried. It's super good. So I so want to go and get like you know a nice fillet of something. Yes, we are definitely going to do that. But we also want to talk about the possible disadvantages or you know maybe downsides to the pescatarian diet because there are some. And as you mentioned just a little while ago, while you were pregnant, you were kind of turned off by it. And 
You know, it's interesting. We always talk about how sometimes your body tells you Knows. what you yeah. should have and what you shouldn't have. So, um, you know, you're a love. You're definitely a tuna fish lover. Um, can tuna fish? Well, I like all tuna. Yeah, true. You do like all I tuna. I like really good. But uh, one tuna. of the things you hear, um, and it's some—I wouldn't say it's a wives' tale, old wives' tale, <clears> but uh, <throat> how you shouldn't eat tuna when you're pregnant uh, because of mercury you have concentration. To, yeah, you bring it so, down to very moderate level. So yes, well, and that's right. But and it's like you don't have to eliminate it totally, right? Because there's certain type of tunas that have more mercury than others. Um, tuna is one of those fish, since they are predatory fish, they're bigger fish, they do eat other fish, that's how they get more mercury in their, basically in their meat, trapped in their muscles. Uh, so they, uh, but there are certain types, and we won't go into that, that have more mercury than others. Well, it's, it's actually pretty much common sense. Yeah. I mean, think of it in terms of a food chain. Like, yeah. everybody's seen, like, the picture of, like, the small fish getting eaten by the bigger fish, that's getting eaten by the bigger fish, mm-hmm. that's getting eaten by the shark or something like that well it's very similar to how the toxins kind of build up those smaller animals um the ones that are mostly plant-based eaters themselves are not going to have as high doses of mercury because the mercury really builds up in the flesh of living animals Mm -hmm. so as you go up the food chain you know, when you're talking about an anchovy or you're talking about a shrimp, they don't have a they have a lower amount yeah. of mercury. When you get up into like the mid-sized fish, you know, like cod or even like mahi or lobster, mm-hmm. um, that's like your moderate. But then when you get into your really big, monstrous kind of predatory fish, like you were saying. Yep. Those are going to be like your halibut, your sea bass, your tuna. Yep. Those are going to be um, higher. And then the ones that have like the really dangerous levels of of mercury, <laughs> sad to say, but they're some of people's favorite fish. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's grouper. Like here in Florida, look how much grouper is on the menu everywhere. Yep. Ahi tuna, which I love. Um, swordfish, like I, I remember I, I kind of just, I never loved swordfish, yeah. but I stopped eating it altogether because it is super high in mercury. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a lot of like the toxins and also something else that is to kind of keep in mind, just like when you think about land-based animals, the ones that are raised in captivity and that are you know, raised in big groups and farms and stuff like that. There's fish farms. There's farmed fish. Those are going to be higher in toxins than the wild fish that are out traveling across, like, large areas of the Mm -hmm. ocean. Um, That's also going to impact those pollutants. Yeah. So there's a lot of things to actually consider when you do eat seafood, but it's just a little bit of education and it's also knowing that there are certain things that you can eat that sort of counteract the high mercury and toxin levels. Mm-hmm. So it's actually possible. Like one of the things that my mom um, and my doctors kind of helped me find was that dark leafy greens are actually a really good detoxifier and are good to eat with um, like whenever you have like a a higher mercury fish or seafood item. 
Um, so that's something that I've I've done for a pretty long time. Yeah. I've tried to like pair them. Right. Yeah, that's a good one. That's definitely for heavy metals. That's a definitely a good one to you know, like you said, pair them with dark leafy greens. So, um, but in order to kind of avoid dark leafy or dark leafy metals. <laughs> What's that? Stop it over again. Dark All right. leafy the, metal. <laughs> the heavy metals. Uh, obviously, like you said, small fish. Like I know everybody probably hates it, but sardines, the canned sardines, you know, canned mackerel, and um, even things like oysters and clams. Shellfish is a good way to go too because they're not yeah. predatory. But you also have to be pretty careful about where you're getting from if it's you know the the, the source. Yeah. So. Like- it's one thing, uh, you know, someone who has a background in shellfish agriculture, as I do. Extensive. Um, yeah, it's it's very dependent because, but it's interesting because shellfish are great filters. They yeah. they are great at filtering. One of the things with the Chesapeake Bay is that they clean a lot of the water. They purify the water by the, their filtering process, and they're still safe to eat depending on the heavy metal content in the water. So, um those are great things, and uh, one thing that we've used before, I used to have it in my old wallet that I had, was this little kind of guide from uh, put out by the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood yeah. Watch, and it was actually a tiny guide, and it had like uh, categories of like safety all the time, and then moderate, and then want to avoid most of the time, and it kind of lists off the food also divides it up between farmed and wild caught yeah because there are like you said definitely their farmed fish can be uh can be raised in small pens and can have just as much pollutants as the ones that are in the wild right um but it's there are some good ethically raised farm fish well, especially yeah. in the united states and canada that if you can get that option it, it's a good option to go because typically they can be a little bit cheaper which one of the disadvantage I would say um, with the pescatarian diet would be cost because you know fish can be expensive. You know, compare yeah. a pound of fish to a pound of ground beef, it's almost can be two to three times that depending on what type of fish you get. It's very true, mm-hmm. and I mean you can't eat tuna fish and right. like just canned seafood all the time right so well it's it's tough to do that but you know we we discovered that that like there's great articles you can google about which type of canned tuna fish is better as far as mercury content like skipjack tuna is better than solid albacore and then line caught tuna is better than you know farm raised and things whatnot but um those are those are some tips for the pescatarian diet and i think overall um the pescatarian diet is a good idea like i think omega-3s getting your omega-3s is huge for a lot of things we've talked about that in the past about how beneficial that is and getting that ratio down typically you're going to eat more omega-6 fatty acids than omega-3 which is okay you do need a certain amount of omega-6s but you want the ratio to be closer so um non-inflammatory foods like um you know whole foods protein and other you know non-refined grains that's where you get your omega-3 fatty acids that ratio is better than things like you know fried chicken stuff like that you know protein wrapped in refined grains and then fried in vegetable oils that's just a a double whammy of that's uh an inflammatory double whammy to a certain extent so yeah pescatarian diet has some drawbacks but i think overall nutritionally speaking it's it's really really can be really beneficial 
Well, we're kind of secretly moving that way. Right. So. Well, I mean, I'm going to eat whatever. You're going to eat whatever you want to eat otherwise. But for our main meals, Mm -hmm. don't be surprised if there's a lot less meat and a lot more seafood. Let's do a quick kind of recipe. I don't know if you remember it off the top of your head, but last Sunday you made a shrimp dish that was super tasty. Do you remember what went into it? Generally, yes, I do. All right, throw it out at him. <laughs> um, so I cooked up about, I think it was probably about a pound of shrimp, you mm-hmm. know, deveined shrimp. And I, we bought it frozen. Um, it was like a nice quality shrimp, but it was had already been um, shelled and deveined and mm-hmm. everything. So cooked up about, it was about a pound Put it in a pan, put some salt, some pepper, some paprika on it. Um, I think, you know, I was just cooking it in like a little bit of olive oil. And then it was about three minutes on each side. You weren't even like really worrying about cooking them all the way through. Mm -hmm. And then I added in um, the, oh, I cooked it in the oil of sun-dried tomatoes. That was one of the keys was... You get the when you get sun-dried tomatoes. Here's a tip for you if you like to cook. If you get sun-dried tomatoes, don't get the dried ones. Get the ones in oil. Mm-hmm. And I don't say this about many things, but get the ones in oil. Pure olive oil. It is yeah, pure olive oil, yep. not the weird ones. Mm-hmm. Um, it's life-changing. And in this recipe, I cooked the shrimp in like 3 or 4 tablespoons of that all that oil. And it was it's basically sun-dried tomato-infused olive oil. Get ready to go to flavor country. Oh, my gosh. And then I added, instead of adding cream, which is what the recipe called for, I substituted um, just a whole fat coconut milk. Mm-hmm. So not coconut cream, coconut milk. And I added in, I think, a little bit of um, crushed garlic, like minced garlic, mm-hmm. in there. And... It was, and then I actually put like real um, sun dried tomatoes. Oh. And yeah, there's about a cup of Parmesan cheese in there, which is why I didn't want to do cream on top of that. It's not quite the pescatarian diet. But But then we paired it with um, some zucchini noodles. So plant plant noodles. Yeah. And oh my gosh, it was so good. Super t- and yeah. it was fast. Like yep. I think it only took about like from start to finish maybe 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was a darn good dish. Yeah, the I shrimp were not like chewy. They were just like really nice and tender. Yeah, you cooked them perfectly. Flavor like the way that it was. It was set up. It was just. It was everything worked out really yeah, well i hope that one makes an appearance if that means if that's what we're going to yep. be eating that's what i'm okay with that so yeah <laughs> and that and i will also say um salmon which we haven't done a lot of in a long time but um hopefully we'll be able to bring back all right um and if i find a, a good and good one that doesn't have tons and tons of little bones in it mm-hmm. um but yeah, doing salmon with a puff pastry, pesto, tomato, oh, yeah. I do remember those. and some sliced almonds. It's been a while since that. That is one of the simplest but most decadent and delicious dishes for sam- salmon that mm-hmm. I've ever had. 
All right. Now I'm getting hungry. But <laughs> besides that recommendation for those type of dishes, I have a podcast recommendation. And we know we haven't done this in a while. Yeah. Um, but I recommended this to you when I was talking mm-hmm. to, about it to a bunch of other people. And it was a podcast, um, and it's not normally a health podcast, but sometimes they have good interviews. People guest on the podcast that are in the health and fitness realm. Uh, it's the Adam Carolla Show. Uh, it was from this past Friday, so that was the 11th? I think it's the that 17th, was, 16th or 17th. <laughs> that was the 17th. I'm a little behind. Here, Excuse behind. me. All right. So the, the guest was Dr. Michael Bruce. He is known as the sleep doctor. And he gave, basically, it was like an hour to an hour and 15 minute seminar about tips on how to sleep right he actually did a mm, ted talk yeah and i'm going to follow up and try to watch that ted talk too and i'm also going to try to follow up and try to get dr bruce on the podcast because cool. that was i mean he came out with a bunch of different tips about how to improve your sleep stuff that kind of contradict the some of the norms that we think about nowadays so yeah. um i definitely want to get more about him or learn more about him and his process because when it comes to sleep, we, I think we all can use better sleep. So, for real, one thing he talks about, and I think this should inspire you guys to check out that podcast, the Adam Carolla Show from May seventeenth. He says you don't need eight hours of sleep. Not everybody is built to get eight hours of sleep. So that's just a little teaser. So you guys check out that podcast. And while you're at it, if you're in the Apple Store looking for that uh, podcast, in Apple Podcasts looking for that episode of the Adam Carolla Show, you can go to give us a rating review while you're there. You know, Hit the five-star review, nothing less. If you want to do less, you can just leave us. Don't don't give us any (laughs) reviews. Uh, So and leave a few words of what you think about the podcast, and we'll give you a shout-out on a future episode. Yes. Got anything else for them? All right, this has been another edition of the Addicted to Fitness Podcast, and we'll check you next time. Bye. For all things Addicted to Fitness, you can check out our website, addictedtofitnesspodcast.com. You can also give us a follow on Twitter, at The ATF Podcast, and like and follow the Addicted to Fitness Podcast Facebook page. Last but not least, please give us a rating and review in the iTunes store. Thanks.